Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Baria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Baria. Well, hello there and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We come to you every week with a look at a variety of medical and related issues that affect folks in your community and our community, people dealing with health issues, dealing with lifestyle issues, uh, dealing with mental health issues, all of that and more is part of what we talk about on Docs in a Pod. And we're delighted to have our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, is with us. Dr. Baria is medical director for WellMed Medical Management. She's been part of the WellMed family for nearly seven years, currently a provider at the WellMed at 9th Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg. Dr. Baria uh, got her degree at the University, the Ross University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, where she earned her medical degree, completed her residency and an OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary's Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey. Dr. Baria is board certified in family medicine, and she'd be the first to tell you she loves it. And when she's not caring for patients, Dr. Bari enjoys spending time with family, loves to travel, loves to take pictures, and she lives in St. Petersburg, Florida, a home of a whole lot of Major League Baseball spring training. And Audrey, as always, it's great to have you here on Docs in a Pod. Thank you, Ron. It's great to be back. You know, I love hosting this show with you. Well, we're delighted to have you with us. And as our listeners may not know, you recently committed, c- completed a trip in which you had the pleasure of riding a camel or two. Yes, yes. It definitely was a trip of a lifetime to Morocco. What's next? Singapore in September. Oh, that's pretty cool. Don't chew gum in Singapore. I think they arrest you. That's very true. Do you know that um, they don't even sell gum in Singapore? Amazing. Mm. There are a lot of people who couldn't live with that, right? Yes, exactly. Well, we're going to take up a topic that is so important for people who are 65 and over and a whole lot of others. We're going to talk about hearing loss as we age, and we're going to touch on the link between a hearing deficit and dementia as well. Uh, Roger Johns is our special guest. Dr. Johns has been helping people reconnect with friends and family since he began practicing audiology in Houston in 1998 as a Southeast Texas native. He earned his bachelor's degree in communications disorders and master's degree in audiology from Lamar University in Beaumont. Later completed his doctorate in audiology from A.T. Steele University in conjunction with the Arizona School of Health Sciences. And he specialized in the diagnosis of hearing loss and treatment with amplification for over two decades. Currently a member of the Texas Academy of Audiology and more. And he is my audiologist. That's how we got him on the radio I met him when I walked in. Dr. Johns knows his story very well. I said, Dr. Johns, my wife tells me, you can't hear anything. And as it turns out, she was probably right. Roger, thanks for being with us again. Well, thank you for having me, Ron. And Dr. Baria, it's nice to meet you. Same here. So I guess I'm not in any way unusual when I come in and say, hey, my wife says I can't hear. Is that how a lot of men come in to see you? That's how a lot of people in general come in to see me. And the reason for that is a lot of times when we start acquiring a hearing loss, we don't even realize it because it's so gradual of change 
that and happens over such a long period of time that we don't even realize that it's occurring until one day we're asking people to repeat and finally someone gets fed up and says, yeah, you can't hear. You need to go and get some help. So, well, yeah, go ahead. No, it, that that's a very common story. Uh, with, with the hearing loss, it tends to be more uh, of a gradual change in the higher pitch sounds. So we start losing more of the clarity of a voice as opposed to the volume of a voice for the most common hearing loss. And, and one of the things I said to you, and I guess it's pretty typical, uh, I, I didn't think I had a problem. It's just that everybody around me mumbled. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what the hearing loss will first present as for a lot of people is that I hear fine. You're just not talking clearly. Now, what about waiting to get treatment? Uh, a lot of folks will say, you know, like you just said, I'm hearing okay. And if I just ask people to speak up, I'll be good. If I ask them to repeat once in a while, no big deal. Let me wait until I really need a hearing aid. Unfortunately, Ron, then it starts to get into the territory where it becomes too late to get the same results that we could have if it had been treated earlier. With a lot of people, when we wait, it starts leading to other issues. We start losing more of our ability to understand speech clearly. We start losing some of the ability to process and put the words together in our brain. Uh, part of that is because we're that hearing loss is adding an extra cognitive load to the brain and starts taking resources away from other areas that we need for better cognitive functioning. And so it becomes more and more difficult to understand the longer we have the hearing loss. In addition to that, there are side effects to having a hearing loss that can be detrimental to us as well, like the increased isolation. A lot of times we feel like we can't contribute to a conversation with our friends in a group, uh, meetings, restaurants, uh, our family at home. And we tend to start withdrawing from all of those environments because we feel like we can't participate uh, and understand things clearly. And we get tired of asking people to repeat and we feel like, well, they're going to get angry or get tired of us asking them. So it just starts to snowball. Unfortunately, that can lead to other things like depression, anxiety, uh, and so on. So Let me interrupt for just a minute. For those who may have just joined us, uh, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, and we're talking with Dr. Audiology, Roger Johns, about hearing and hearing loss and how one deals with that. And, and Roger, uh, as you talk about coming in soon enough, things don't necessarily get better, that a hearing aid won't fix problems the longer you wait. Uh, what is it that a hearing loss affects beyond just your hearing? Okay. Well, studies have shown that even a mild hearing loss can start causing physical changes in our brain. The brain begins to shrink over time uh, in comparison to just normal aging when we have a hearing loss. It also starts causing deficits with uh, our cognition because if you think about our working memory as a cup and the way our working memory tends to function is we can hold about four different items in reserve to be processed for about 10 to 15 seconds. The more our 
functioning or our cognition is being divided by other things like trying to figure out what someone is saying over here and using that for processing of other things than our working memory, that cup starts to shrink. So as we fill that cup up with something else, uh, like the things we're trying to remember, it starts to be lost uh, because it can't hold as much in that working memory because we're devoting those resources to processing for our hearing, which is something that we shouldn't utilize that for. We shouldn't need to. Um, so as we have a hearing loss that is untreated, it starts causing our brain to reorganize and that can be to our detriment in the long run. Uh, parts of our brain that should be utilized for processing speech and hearing start being devoted to other things like our vision for lip reading or watching people's facial expressions or gestures or our frontal cortex for trying to figure out the context of a sentence. So we start losing what we should be utilizing for speech and understanding because we're not using it for our hearing because of the hearing loss itself. Wow. Audrey, does a lot of this ring true with you as a oh, provider? Yes, absolutely. I have a lot of patients that think that they may need hearing aids because family members have been complaining exactly what you said, Ron, that, oh, you know, you, you need hearing aids or you can't hear me. And you you know what I've noticed the most with patients is that they will be watching my face and it's not really because they're looking they're lip reading in essence and um, looking for the facial cues that Roger had alluded to. And all of these things, like Roger said, take up brain space, if you will, that could be devoted to doing something else. I found myself doing that as well. And one of the uh, challenges that when I really started focusing on, yeah, maybe I've got a hearing deficit. Uh, I, I had difficulty, especially in places where a lot of people were congregated, carrying on a conversation one-on-one, -on -one, like uh, if you and I were talking uh, in a room at a gathering, a reception, or what have you, it was very difficult to hear you and to sort out the extraneous sounds. And so I literally did focus on your face and lips. And you're absolutely right. In fact, with our ability to understand, our hearing requires good cognition. But by the flip side, good cognition requires good hearing. So if there's a breakdown in either of those things, it leads to more and more difficulty for us. And Ron, I, I know I've mentioned this to you before in the past, but our hearing or hearing loss is the number one most modifiable risk factor to earlier cognitive decline. Uh, it's above any of the other modifiable factors that are out there, like our diet. Our hearing, if we don't treat it, can start causing changes in our brain that down the road can wow. lead to memory loss, loss of executive function, decision-making, and up to and including dementia. Um, in fact, there's been a lot of research in that area recently. And, so, Dr. Um, Barry, it, it makes sense to get people to get help. Yes, absolutely. And Roger, I was going to ask you a question that uh, with the patients that I've been seeing, mobility also can become an issue with hearing deficits. And um, a lot of the elderly patients, they're still driving. And that can become challenging when you have hearing deficits as well. 
Right. We're unable to hear some of the cues that we need, like sirens, ambulances, etc. Yeah, I discovered the day I got my hearing aids, and I've told Dr. Johns this, I went out from his office at Estes Audiology, got in my car, fired up the engine, pulling out of the parking lot, put my turn signal on, and oh my gosh, I could hear a click, 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 click. It was the turn signal. I had no idea it made sound. <laughs> that is a very common story and a very common thing. In fact, uh, just this morning, they were talking about uh, not hearing the turn signal in the car on the radio. And I'm like, yeah, I bet they have hearing loss <laughs> because that is a high-pitched sound, which is one of the ones that we tend to lose first. All right, now stay with us. We're going to come right back to you. And I want to touch on uh, uh, something that uh, deals with how to get a friend or family uh, to get a hearing aid, what to say to them, how to motivate them. And, and my guess is Dr. Baria has a pretty good story she can share with us about this. You're listening to Docs in a Pot, Dr. Audrey Barry, our co-host, our special guest, audiologist, Dr. Roger Johns. This is Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We are so pleased you're sticking with us right here on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, and we're talking on our Docs in a Pod hotline with audiologist Dr. Roger Johns about hearing loss, hearing aids, and how to deal with that. So, Dr. Johns, uh, I want to turn to Audrey for a moment, uh, because it turns out, Audrey, apparently pretty common, my wife says to me, you need a hearing aid, take care of it. How do you motivate, in your case, Audrey, people to go ahead and get help. So funny story, Ron, is I've been telling my mother for, it feels like years that mom, I really think you need hearing aids. So at one point, my father got fed up with her and just got her the miracle year. I think that that's like one of those, I'm not even exactly sure what it is. Over the counter. Yeah, they advertise it all over the place, right? And so- my mom uses it for a day and she comes back and tells my father he needs to return this because she was much happier. And this is a true story, not hearing all the things that she all of a sudden started hearing with this miracle ear in her ear. Wow. And she goes, yeah. And she's like, nope, I don't need this. I was much happier not knowing all of these things that were going around, uh, around me. So just recently, both my parents went for their audiology exams and then uh, to their ENT. And apparently the ENT told them, no, they were okay for now. They didn't really need the hearing aids. And I'm like, you know, can you please have them talk to me? Because I can tell them the real truth of how you people really do need hearing aids. But so this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. I can remember years ago when I was a kid, uh, my dad's father, Max, uh, we'd be at a family dinner and uh, all of a sudden his, his wife, my grandma would say, Max, turn your hearing aid on. 
it was a time when they were big clunky boxes on people's chests, wires running up to their ears, and he would turn it off like your mother, Audrey, there's yeah. stuff he just didn't want to hear. Yeah. So, Roger, do you find that, uh, for example, uh, some physicians uh, will say to someone, hey, you don't really need a hearing aid? Unfortunately, yes. Um, so it's our job to try to educate more physicians as well as patients that even mild hearing losses can be very detrimental to patients over time. So uh, one thing that we like to impress upon everyone is the potential issues that can arise from having an untreated hearing loss, like you were mentioning, and uh, Dr. Bari, you were talking about your parents, uh, particularly your mother, who had tried hearing aids and immediately, oh, my gosh, everything's just way too loud. Uh, that is not yeah. an uncommon experience, particularly when you have a hearing loss for a long time. We tend to lose our reference point for what normal is with our hearing. So all of a sudden, when we get this big jump in sound, it tends to be too much too soon. And it's much easier with prescriptive devices that can be programmed with someone's mm -hmm. hearing loss to set them a little below the prescription and allow the patient to gradually adapt over time. And that can even be set automatically so that it, it can gradually acclimate them to hearing better in a much slower pace so they don't have that shock effect that your mother experienced mm -hmm. uh, and allow the brain to adapt and have a much higher success rate. There is a lot of advertising for over-the-counter hearing aids. Do it yourself. You can adjust your own hearing uh, via the internet with Wi-Fi uh, versus going to a professional like yourself, Dr. Johns, without making it sound too self-serving for you. Uh, what are the downsides of over-the-counter hearing aids versus prescriptive devices? Okay. Well, they are two totally separate categories of devices. And I will say right up front that over-the-counter devices are not bad. <laughs> they are just different. Uh, they work well for more mild hearing losses. But some of the downsides are that the individual has to know which one is appropriate and what settings are appropriate for themselves. And when left to their own devices, the majority of individuals will pick the wrong prescription. and uh, they are more limited in what they can do. But again, that doesn't mean that they're terrible or that they're bad. Uh, they just can't do the same things, particularly at targeting different environmental types and automatically adapting to different situations and background sounds that a prescriptive device can. Um, and if, I, if we think about what we were talking about earlier with dementia and hearing loss and how our brain changes over time, a uh, recent study just came out last month that showed that wearing appropriately fitted hearing instruments with counseling over time can slow the progression of dementia by nearly 50%. It was actually 48%. Wow. Uh, so the key there, though, is that they have to be appropriately fitted and the patient has to wear them every day or consistently in order for it to succeed. We don't tend to see that with over-the-counter devices so much. And as you take a look at uh, folks who come in to see you and, and may say, you know, I really hesitated to come in because, you know, my friend, Audrey's mother, found her hearing aids didn't really work well. So why in the world would mine work? I love that question. 
everyone is an individual. <laughs> Everyone's hearing is unique to them. Everyone perceives sound differently. Um, just like many other conditions, hearing loss is unique to you. So what may not work for one person may work well for you. And what may work well for you, vice versa, may not be what they need. So just because one person doesn't have success for whatever reason doesn't mean globally that that's true for everyone. And it may be that they didn't have success because they didn't wear the devices consistently, that they weren't appropriately fit, uh, that there was something wrong with them or a medical issue with their ear. There are so many variables that could go into it that may not apply to that person at all. My advice would be to try it and see for yourself, because chances are you're going to have a much better success rate than your friend did if you are committed to getting help and go into it with an open mindset and determination. You'll do fine. But if I do get a hearing aid, uh, doesn't that mean my hearing loss is simply going to deteriorate and get worse because I'm relying on a hearing aid? None, no. <laughs> the short answer, no. And a hearing instrument, if it's appropriately fitted, will not make or cannot make your hearing loss get worse. In fact, it can do just the opposite. It can help preserve your understanding ability for speech and help with your cognitive abilities that we were talking about earlier so that it can actually slow down some of the effects of an untreated hearing loss as opposed to make the hearing loss worse. What a lot of people notice, though, when they first get hearing instruments, as their brain adapts to it and they restore their reference point for what they perceive as normal is, when they take that hearing aid out, the hearing loss is there. And so they're much more aware of that difference between hearing at a more normal level and hearing with the hearing loss. So they think, oh, my goodness, the hearing loss is making my hearing worse. If we retest the hearing, we'll find that it's most likely the exact same as it was when we fit with the hearing aid. It's just their reference point for what is normal has changed. So they're more aware of that hearing loss. It's not actually making their hearing worse. It's doing the opposite. It's restoring what's normal as a perception of normalcy to them. We've only got about go, go ahead, Audrey. Um, are there any ideas or suggestions that you would have for people that are keen on preserving the hearing that they have and not progressing to needing hearing aids? Yes. Um, the number one key thing is to protect your hearing. If you're going to be around loud noise, you definitely want to wear hearing protection. Uh, that's the number one thing. In fact, we are seeing the average age of people with hearing loss come down further and further because more and more Younger people are being exposed to louder and louder noise on a routine basis, which is damaging their hearing. A lot of um, the younger crowd uses AirPods or things of that nature, and it's and they have the volume set very high. And yes. I can imagine that that would be detrimental. Yes. Did, did you know that um, for a loud rock concert, let's say 110 decibels, you only have to be exposed to that level of volume for less than two minutes for it to potentially cause irreversible damage to your hearing. Wow. No, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, I would think that every guy who worked in woman as a DJ 
<laughs> ends up with hearing loss. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, before we let you go, two things. One is how, how do people get a hold of you? Can you self-refer or do you need a referral uh, through a PCP to see an audiologist? It depends on the insurance plan. Uh, you can very often self-refer, though. And if we need a referral, we can reach out to your primary physician uh, if you if you don't have one. Um, to contact us, you can give us a call at Estes Audiology, or you can go to our website at hearlifeagain.com. Yeah, we have locations in Texas and Louisiana. However, if you are outside of those regions and you need help, feel free to reach out to us. We can find someone in your local area. The main thing is just get your hearing tested. You have to know where you're at. And finally, hearing loss does not affect only old people. Not at all. In fact, as I was mentioning earlier with uh, the younger crowd being exposed to, to more and more noise, there are estimates that there are 1.1, I believe, billion <laughs> individuals that are younger that probably have hearing loss worldwide due to their exposure to loud sounds. Wow. Got to stop you right there. We're flat out of time. Dr. Roger Johns, thank you so much for being with us. To our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, thank all of you for listening to the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra, and associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron.